If you don't know me, I know most of you. I am the next steps pastor here at the church. My name is Andy. Like I said, I know most of you, but I want you to know a little bit about me. I grew up in Costa Rica, born and raised there um, all my life, really. And then four years ago, I moved to the U.S. I was in Florida, and then I moved here to Texas one year ago. And I've actually, I've actually got a picture of my family, so I want you all to meet them. They're actually right here. They came from Costa Rica. Um, you can see us celebrating two years ago. I have a few pounds less. There's my mom, my dad, and my sister right over here. And then I have another picture for you guys. That is Annie. She is my fiance. And actually, um, two months ago, we secretly eloped. So technically... She's my wife, so I'm grateful for you. <laughs> um, so Annie and I, she, she lives in Florida, so we've been doing long distance a little bit over a year. And we're still going to have a wedding party, and we're planning our wedding in Costa Rica. And I'm here, and she's there, so we text a lot. And I sent her a voice message the other day, and... I promise you guys I wasn't smoking anything, but she just started laughing and laughing with all of her friends at me because I'm going to tell you exactly what I said in this voice message. I started recording and I said, baby, I caught a vibe. I can picture our wedding. We'll be in Costa Rica. It's the beach. There's fire. There's reggae music. People are wearing shorts and we're just, we're, we're, we're dancing. It's, it's, a, it's a total vibe. I, I, I'm catching a vibe. Sadly, Annie didn't catch that same vibe because she didn't like people wearing shorts. But the truth is, today I believe that if you catch the right vibe, if you catch the right vision of who God is, it's going to impact your relationship and it's going to shape the way that you relate to God. You see, first you catch a vision of who God is, and that'll shape the way that you act and the way that you relate to God. And today, I want us all to go to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And it's, it's, a, it's a long passage, and we'll read it two times today, so you guys be ready. We're going to go into Scripture for a little bit. But I want us to see, and again, it's Mark chapter 5, verse 21. I want us to see how the different characters in the story related to God in a different way based on, on, on their understanding of who God was. So it's the story of, of Jairus and a woman with the issue of blood. And they're two different people from different backgrounds, and there's different characters that are playing into it. In each of them, we'll, be able, we'll see how their view of God shaped their relationship. So you guys ready? Y'all ready? <laughs> All right, let's read it. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. Let's underline that. A large crowd gathered around him. Then one, and you can underline that as well, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and he saw when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come 
and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So what do we have here? We have a large crowd gathering around Jesus and then Jairus who comes and and falls at Jesus' feet. Verse 24, so Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Now we're introduced to this woman, right? And and the crowd is still following Jesus and now they're pressing against Jesus. And this woman touches Jesus and at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You can picture the disciples annoyingly asking the following, the following questions. There's people pressing around Jesus. Suddenly he asks, who touched me? And they ask, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you asked who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what, Jesus had, what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. So what's happening? He did not let anybody follow him. So he leaves the crowd behind, and then he encounters another crowd. A large commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, while this commotion and wailing, the child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. Nothing like laughing at Jesus, right? (laughs) Uh, After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Let's pray. Jesus, speak to every single one of us, God. Let it not be our understanding or our biases, but let your word speak to us, and let let us hear you as we learn to apply the things that you have left us in your word, God. I thank you, God, because I know you're going to speak to everyone. Do what we can't do, Jesus, and touch people's hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So five years ago, as I said, I grew up in Costa Rica. Five years ago, I was living in Costa Rica, and a group of missionaries from the great state of Texas came to Costa Rica. And 
uh, I was a part of the church at the time, and we were hosting them. So for the first day of the whole mission trip, we threw, we threw a big party. There was music, there was karaoke, there was dancing. Most importantly, there was food. Um, and if you know me at all, I'm not the kind of person that I will jump in the middle of, of attention. First of all, I don't sing very well, so I'm not going to sing karaoke in front of every, anyone. And two, I just I don't go into the center of attention, and, and I don't do well there. Uh, and five years later, I moved to Texas, and, and I meet up with some of them, and we're having a discussion. And they tell me that I was not at that party and I was so offended. Can't believe it. I was there. I was just not singing like everybody else, right? But the truth is, in this party, there was a bunch of people. There was almost 100 people there. And I was around them, but I was not with them. How many of you know you can be around someone and not be with them? Last week, Mitch sent, mentioned something. You can be with your wife sitting on your couch the whole week, but did you engage with her? Or you can be with your spouse, and did you engage with him? It's different to be around someone than to be with someone. I remember a moment when I was uh, at a restaurant, and there was a couple sitting next to me. They were clearly married, and for 45 minutes, I did not hear their voice. They were simply scrolling through Instagram the whole time. And then I heard their voice. The husband got a call. And they ate, they left. Never did they engage with each other. And that's exactly what's happening in this text. You see, let's read it. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 to 24. It says, when Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered where? Around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. How many of you know you can be around God, and that does not mean that you are with God? You see, Jairus the crowd was all around Jesus, but Jairus was the only one that actually engaged with Jesus. See, we have two characters, and who they think that Jesus is matters. Most theologians believe that the crowd had probably heard about Jesus' miracles. That's why they were there. And they probably thought that Jesus was a magician. So they were there. Why? They were there for a show. They wanted to see healing. They wanted to see Jesus do something. That's why they were there. And then Jairus comes, and he was not there for a show. He was there for an encounter. But you see, both of them, they got what they expected. They both got what they came for. The crowd was there for a show. Jairus was there for healing. And you see, expectation matters when you come to Jesus. Who you think God is will shape your expectation. You see, these people came to Jesus with the expectation of he can give me a show. And then Jairus came with a humble heart, despite where he was coming from. And he said, this person is God. This person can heal my daughter. 
You see, as I was saying, expectation is incredibly important. Have you ever been to a big event and, and there's a huge expectation on the event? There's thousands and thousands of people. I love going to big events like that. They're normally at a stadium. And here's the thing I don't get about stadiums. They're great at getting people in, but they're terrible at getting people out. Everyone, thousands of people in the stadium have to go out through two small doors and everyone's crowding against each other and they're touching each other. And I remember I was, I was at a stadium and then somebody touched me differently. They touched my shoulder and immediately it caught my attention. You see, this person's touch was different than everybody else crowding against me. Why? Because he was touching me with an expectation. He was a friend of mine that was touching me with the expectation to get my attention. And that's, again, what's happening in the story of this woman. Now we get introduced to this woman who happens to touch Jesus with an expectation based on what she believed about Jesus. So we're going to keep reading. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman who had been there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed immediately. Her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you asked, who touched me? How many of you know, it's not about who touched Jesus. It's about who touched Jesus with the expectation of Jesus touching them. You see, most people were there for the, show, for the show, but this woman was there to get a touch from Jesus to be healed. And she had the right expectation, but the wrong vision of who God was. You see, this woman was there because she wanted healing, and healing only. If I touch his clothes, I will be healed. That's all she wanted. She wanted to be healed. She wanted God to be healed transactional, but God is not transactional. He's relational. So we can make God transactional in our lives. It's very, very easy. In fact, we've all done it. We make God a checklist every morning. I need to meet with God. We put it on our to-do list. Check, I met with God one day. Check, I met with God another day. Check, and we keep on going day after day, meeting with God as if our relationship with God were transactional. You want to see what a transactional relationship looks like? Go to HEB, buy something, pay for it, get the receipt back, and leave. That's how your relationship might look if you think God is transactional. God is not transactional. He is relational. And you see this woman could have come for healing only. But Jesus had a bigger plan for her. Jesus had more to offer her. You see, Jesus did not just want her to leave with physical healing. 
He also wanted relational and spiritual healing. And that's what we're going to see in the text now. Uh, So let's keep reading verse 32. But Jesus. You see, the woman wanted to come, get healed, and leave. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. The woman, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, in this point in time, this woman would have been considered ceremonially unclean. She had a physical condition that limited her socially. You see, this woman had an issue of blood, and she couldn't be in contact. She couldn't even be close to people around her. She shouldn't have even been there in the first place. But this woman decides to touch a bunch of people on her way to Jesus because she realized that God's power was greater than her circumstance. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to believe that God's power is greater than my circumstance. Sometimes I'm going through life, and things don't look good. But God's power is greater than my circumstance. You see, this woman shouldn't have even been there. And still Jesus, like this woman touched everyone, made them unclean. Boom, touch one person, unclean. Touch another person, unclean. Touches another person, unclean. Then she touches Jesus, and she becomes clean. Are you seeing the picture of her becoming clean while everybody else, Jesus' touch is better than somebody else's touch. You see, she did not let her circumstances dictate how she would relate to God, or if she would relate to God. And sometimes we tell ourselves we're too busy to meet with God and to come into God's presence. Jesus calls this woman to come clean in front of everyone. She literally has to say in front of everyone, oh yeah, I touched all of you. You're all unclean now, but I'm clean. Why? Because they weren't there for an encounter with Jesus. They were there for for the show. And you see, she was able to encounter Jesus. And the second form of healing that that was being experienced by this woman was spiritual healing. You see, let's read what it says on verse 34. It says, He said to her, Daughter, your, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, the woman came for physical healing only. But Jesus said, daughter, called her daughter, established a relationship with her, and said, your faith has healed you. You see, the word healed in Greek is so-so, or it's pronounced so-so. And it is healing, but with a spiritual aspect. It's used in different places in Scripture, like the, the paraplegic, that they destroy the roof, they bring him down, and he says, you, you've been healed. It's that same word that is being used. You see, this woman came to Jesus just for healing, but she got more. Who you think that God is matters, and it matters a lot. So let's see what's going on in the text. We have a crowd. 
They're around him. They think Jesus is a magician. They're there for the show. Then we got Jairus, who's there for healing and who's there to encounter Jesus. And then we got this woman who, who goes from an understanding of God as transactional and then goes to relational. They establish a relationship. And now we come to the text and we're about to encounter some people. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and they said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. How many of you know you don't have to listen to some people all the time? I am a massive eavesdropper. Anybody here loves to hear people, other people's conversations? Come on, I know you guys. I know you guys have your AirPods on and you turn down the volume whenever something's going on and you're like, oh, I want to hear this, I want to hear this. You see, in this story, we've got two different voices. We've got the voices of some people and we've got the voice of Jesus. And you can hear the voice of some people, but some people not, might not be the right people to speak into your life. Who you think God is will determine which voices you allow to speak into your life. You see, this people, this some people, did not even have the right perspective of who God was. They didn't. What do they say to Jairus? Why bother the teacher anymore? You see, in their perspective, if Jesus is merely a teacher, he has no power over this woman's death, of this girl's death. So you leave the teacher alone. You see, in your life or in my life, I have to ask myself, who am I thinking that Jesus is in this space? Is he just a teacher? Because if he's just a teacher... I'll go to some people before I go to God when my marriage is on the rocks. I'll go to some people instead of to God when I'm struggling. When I can't stop watching things that I shouldn't watch online, you'll go to some people and some people might not be the right people. The right people are the people who God has called into your life to speak to you. You see... It's not that some people might be wrong. It's that you have to find the right people. If your marriage is going through some trouble, find Maggie and Warren. You see, they're, they're the leaders of marriage mentors at the church, and, and they'll be able to help you, and they'll be able to speak into your life the words that God has for you. And some of you would rather listen to some people than the right people. You see, some of you care more about what your Instagram followers will say or your Facebook friends will say than what God has to say to your life. I promise you, I've spent more time on Instagram sometimes than I've spent reading Scripture. Why? Because it's easy, it's accessible, and it's there. And, I'm, and, and there's nothing different than me and you. I know for a fact that we've spent more time on Facebook than we have reading Scripture. But you see, Jairus had to choose which voice he listened to. You see, you can hear the voice of some people, 
telling you your daughter is dead, or you can hear the voice of Jesus telling you, do not be afraid, just believe. And Jairus had to keep walking. And who you think God is matters. You see, in this story, people's expectations came to be. You see, you can come to church expecting a show like the, like the magicians. Or you can come to church expecting an encounter. Both of you are going to get what you want. You'll come here, you'll see how cool Bree dresses, how, how beautiful she sings, and you'll get a show. Or you can come here expecting to make a space for God in your life, to encounter Him, to reach Him. And let's keep reading to see what keeps happening in the story. Verse 37, He did not let anyone follow Him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. You see, when you're not really mourning, you can go from mourning, crying and wailing loudly to laughter. Because they're not really participating. You see, most theologians believe that during this time, they would hire professional mourners to put on a show. Not to really participate in mourning. They were simply there to put on a show to make it seem like a lot of people were crying. Because, well, it's Jairus, and Jairus is the synagogue leader, and, and his daughter just died. So they weren't really participating. And on top of that, they did not even understand who Jesus was. That's why they laugh at Jesus. They did not get the picture that Jesus is God. Let's keep reading. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders to not let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. You see, people in this story did not have the right vibe, did not have the right vision of who Jesus was. And my question for you today is, who do you think Jesus is? in every area of your life. I know I ask myself this question. Who is Jesus in my relationships? Who is Jesus late at night, late at night when I'm home alone? Who is Jesus in my life when I'm having a fight with Annie? Who is Jesus when I don't really like someone, when they're annoying me? Look at what happens in this story. They end up completely astonished at who Jesus was. They realized that Jesus was God, and it shaped the access that they were able to have to Jesus' miracle. You see, in the end, Jesus puts the crowd out. He does not let the crowd follow him. Then there's people mourning and wailing loudly, and he does not let them experience this. But only some people, the right people, the child's father, Jairus, the mother, 
And some of the disciples, not even all of the disciples, some of the disciples were able to experience Jesus in a different level. Why? Because they came into his presence to encounter him.